0: Colossians, the fourth chapter, if you would, and I realize they're receiving the tithes and the offerings and I'm asking you to turn in your Bibles. But you can do more than one thing at a time, can't you? Amen. Praise God. I, I have trouble sometimes, but I know you can do it. All right. All right. Colossians, the fourth chapter. Colossians, the fourth chapter. We're talking this month about the Holy Spirit in the church the Holy Spirit in the church. And I want to pick up where I left off last week and try my best to tie up some loose ends. We'll do our best. For the past 15 years, as I said last week, this ministry is about 15 years old, this ministry has been set up primarily for informed believers only. And this was due at least in part to my Spiritual upbringing. Now recently, God has been dealing with me that I must enlarge my heart. And that's really all this is about, is just enlarging our heart. Now you know having an enlarged heart in the natural is not a good thing. Is that right? But in the spirit realm, and things of the spirit and in reaching out to people... It's good to enlarge your vision or enlarge your heart. It really is. And so really what this is all about is just the Lord's been dealing with me to enlarge my heart, enlarge our vision, and also swing the doors of this ministry open, not just to informed believers, but also swing the doors of this ministry open... To those outside the church as well. To unbelievers and and uninformed believers. And swing our doors open and be uh, open and considerate of them as well. And and, you know, I feel sorry for Christians that, that, that don't have a heart for the lost. This ministry, we should have a heart for the lost. Now, the big question is, is can we have a church that effectively does both? Can we have a church that effectively ministers to informed believers and effectively has an open door for people who are unbelievers or people who are uninformed? Can we have a church that does both? Yes, we can. Yes, we can, if we'll follow the Holy Spirit. You know, if we'll follow the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. As long as it's in line with His Word, see. And so, the question is, is can this church continue to effectively minister... to informed believers and still minister to unbelievers or uninformed believers? And, and, and I believe that answer is unequivocally yes, if we'll follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, let me just tell you that we, and I've watched so many ministries here in St. Louis do this, and, and, and I can understand some people's fear and concerns. Whenever a pastor says we're going to make an adjustment or a change, a lot of times it can make people concerned. And I understand that because there's been a lot of good ministries here in St. Louis that at one time flowed with the Holy Spirit. And they made a change. And they, they swung the door open to minister to the unbeliever, if you will, but then they forgot the informed believer, and so the church became seeker friendly, and the power of God is no more there. And so I can understand why you'd be concerned that, oh my gosh, is Pastor Terry doing that? I don't know how else I can say it, but no, I'm not doing that. I- I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But, you know, with some people, I found out this week that when people get this locked in their head, that they think that I'm going seeker-friendly, there's no way I can convince them otherwise. It's so sad. I'm not doing that. I'm not moving away from the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the scriptures again today. I'm not moving away from the Holy Spirit. I'm moving. We're going to move more in line with the Holy Spirit. All I want to do is move... See, see, and I'll say this, I'll repeat it throughout. My experience here in this ministry hasn't fully matched the Word of God on some things. And all I'm saying, friends, is is I'll read the Scriptures here in a minute. Let's let our experience match the Word of God. There's one of two things. If you have the Word of God up here and experience is here, okay and the experience doesn't match the Word of God, we can do one of two things. We can either water the Word of God down to match our experience, or we can just step up to the plate and say, hey, I've missed it in some things, and I haven't been fully in line with the Bible. Let's move up our experience and believe God. That's all I'm saying. And I guess some people are, 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 I guess some people just really, they're just, they just don't want to, you know, it's hard to move up and get your experience to match the Word of God. It takes some faith, it takes some belief in God. And that's all I want to do with this ministry is, I don't, not even, change isn't even the right word. I should have never used that word change, I should have used the word adjustment. Like 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 a radio dial, remember? And and we, 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 I mean, most of the things we've done in the last fifteen years have been really, really, really right on. There's just a couple of little tweaks we need to make. And that's all. That's all that this is about. Okay. And uh, but you see, I understand your concern. Some some people have concern that. Oh my gosh, Pastor Terry is moving this to seeker-friendly. Oh my gosh, he's moving this to the emergent church model. And I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. A seeker-friendly church is not of God. The emergent church is not of God. It's just not. What those people did and what some ministries did here in St. Louis, I could call the names of them, many of you attended them, and you attended there and they were powerhouses for god but this this seeker friendly model came in and the pastor did start to make some changes to, to but what happened was is that they they said okay we're going to do everything we can to appeal to the outside world and then what happened is the outside world came in and they didn't they didn't lovingly challenge them to receive Christ and they and they turned it into more of a of a club social club type of a church which isn't a church at all. And the power of God waned and Now you know it's the truth. I'm well aware of that that they did that. I'm not doing that here. And I'm not being judgmental of them but they I've got to go over this because I don't want anybody to be concerned. They See, they, I'm not judging them, I'm just telling the truth. They made a move away from the Holy Ghost. I'm just moving this ministry more into the flow of the Holy Ghost. But I guess whenever there's, whenever the word adjustment or change is made, people you know get scared. And I can understand it because many of you were a part of a good... Some of those churches I'm talking about, you're a part of it. And they change, and then you're left there sitting there, and there's no more power in the church, and you had to leave. See, that's not what I'm doing here. Not even close. And 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 we'll we'll go through some scripture here, and uh, and I want before I get to that scripture, I just wanted to pick up and say this, that, uh, and I want to reiterate it. I want to reiterate it. All we're doing here is we are going to keep this ministry. Like it has been, we're going, to, we're going to minister to the informed believer and all of that. It's just that as it pertains to the outsider, the uninformed, the unbeliever, I want a ministry here that not only functions and operates effectively toward people who have been saved for years and filled with the Spirit for years, people who have been, been uh, uh, informed. I want the ministry to continue to minister to those people, but I also want this ministry to um, be uh, a ministry that will also affect people who aren't saved. Do you understand that? And people who are uninformed. And can you have them both? You can, if you'll flow in line with the Holy Spirit. And that's all this is about. Now, I will say this. You see, in the past, my attitude has been toward the outsider, unbelievers and uninformed believers. When they've when they've come in here, my attitude has been. And this is not what this. I just gotta. You know, it's hard to stand in front of people and tell them you missed it. But my attitude has been to somebody that's come in. If you don't like me, Buster, tough. And, you know, now that's not love. And and now I'm not... There's been some people that have been afraid that I'm going to change who I am. I'm not going to change who I am. I be me. I'm still me. But you know what? To have an attitude that, that, you know... To have an attitude that, you know, I don't really care what, I don't really care what the outsider thinks of me. I don't really care about that. That's just tough. You know, that's not love. And that's not how the Apostle Paul felt. Let me give you some scripture. Did you know the Apostle Paul, who wrote nearly two thirds of the New Testament, was concerned about how the outsider thought of him? but he didn't change his message he didn't water anything down but he was he was conscious of the fact see paul was a soul winner this church we we need to be see we need to be a church that that is concerned about souls see and in the past i've had this attitude because let's face it we haven't seen that many people saved here we've seen a lot of people developed here but not a lot of people saved. So I went to the cop-out and said, well, we're just, we're just here to, just to develop, the, to develop the, the Christian. But what good is it if we're developing Christians and we sit here year after year after year, but they're never going out really in effect in the world and the church really isn't making that big of a difference in the community. I want this church to continue to train believers, but I also want this church to be a devastating force for God for good in this community. That's all. And Paul, the apostle, was concerned about the way the outsider thought of him. Look at this. Let me take you to some scripture. Philippians, the fourth chapter and the second, I'm sorry, Colossians. Colossians, the fourth chapter and the second verse in the NIV. Colossians, the fourth chapter and the second verse. Let's read this in the New International Version here today, this verse here. Now listen, here's what the Bible said. Devote yourselves to prayer. "...being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should." Then watch verse 5. "...be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity." Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. I'll come back to that in a minute. So that you may know how to answer everyone. But notice what the Apostle Paul said here. He said, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. He's talking about, look if you would, at the Amplified on verse 5. Look at the Amplified on verse 5. Look at the Amplified. He said, behave yourselves wisely... Living prudently and with discretion in your revelation, I'm sorry, in your relations with who? Those of the outside world, the who? The non Christians. So he is telling us that we need to be concerned about the way we conduct ourselves as it pertains to non Christians. After all, what is the main goal? Of all of this is to get saved ourselves and then what? Tell others about Jesus. Paul was the number one soul winner that I've ever known anything about. You know, he made the statement, he said, I became, or I have become what? All things to all men that I might save some. But that doesn't mean you have to be a sinner. That, that He didn't become a sinner. He didn't, be, he didn't become like the world. He didn't partake in their sinful things. But he looked for ways to relate to them. To the Jew, he became a Jew. To those under the law, under the law. And so he tried to relate to people. Dear friends, what is all this about? This is about more than just having a Sunday service. This is about being able to go out and affect this community for good. I mean, really. And that's what I think... God wants to do with us is 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 not just have sunday morning services here but have that too but then and then use us to to affect this community for good for jesus paul even though he was concerned about the outsider he was still a mighty man of god and i and i trust i mean i'm I, I'm still going to be a mighty man of God. I mean, we're having a mighty men stuff this year. We're going to be a mighty man of God. We're going to flow as a flame of fire. Can you say amen? amen. I'm going to change that. You know? But we're, what we, need to, we need to think about, you know, these things. Look at 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter and the 11th verse. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter and the 11th verse. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Boy, if we just did that, we'd mind your own business. And to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may, your daily life may what? Win the respect of, of who? of Are you with me? That. I want the NIV. I'm sorry, that was my fault. Forgive me. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with hands just as we told you. Are we in the right one there? All right. And then what's verse 12? So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. But win the respect of outsiders. Now, I'm not going to turn this church into a seeker-friendly church to try to win their respect. Amen. I'm not doing that. Amen. But all I'm saying is, in the past, I really didn't, I didn't try to win their respect. And it's unscriptural. My attitude was, you don't like me? Tough. And the Lord's been working on me. You know, I, 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 I feel sorry for anybody who, is, who doesn't think the Lord needs to work on them. And if you think you've arrived, I'm afraid of you. Because I haven't arrived. God's still working on me in line with his book, the Bible. I love this book. I'm in love with this book. The B I B L E, it's still the book for me. But he's still working on me. And he's been dealing with me concerning my attitude. He said, win the respect of outsiders. Did you know you can do that without watering the Word of God down? We can still be a powerful church and have the respect of outsiders. Now he's talking here about uh, to, to, to Christians in general, but notice what he says to a pastor in 1 Timothy 3 7 in the Amplified. 1 Timothy 3 7 in the Amplified. Notice what he says to a pastor. Notice what he says to a pastor. 1 Timothy 3, 7. Amplified Bible. Furthermore, he, talking of a pastor, a bishop, which is a pastor, a minister, he must have a what? Good reputation and be what? Well thought of by those outside the church. Lest he become involved in slander and incur reproach and fall into the devil's trap. But... You know I, I've seen this over the years where where a pastor had such a poor reputation in a community that his church couldn't be all that it could be because he had such a poor reputation with those on the outside with those in the you know what I'm talking about. And what what did Paul tell him here? He told the minister, he said he he must have a good reputation and be well thought of by those outside the church. And I tell you what, the best way to do that is to be a Christian, be a man of God, be a person of your word. And not water things down, but you know, you can speak the truth in love. And all I'm saying is sometimes I've been a little bit gruff over the years. You know, you don't have to be gruff to be a man of God. And the Lord's been telling me I need to not be quite so gruff. You know what that means, gruff? Then I can still be a flame of fire and declare the word of God and not be so gruff. Now, you might say, well, pastor, that all has to do with how we behave towards those on the outside. What about as it pertains to the church, when the outsiders come in the church. Does Paul have anything to say about that? Well, I think he does. And we'll look at it. Notice here, go back to Colossians, the fourth chapter, and look at the fifth verse. Because there have been some people, I want to say it again, that that they're concerned, that because I've dealt with the concerns this last week. This last week has been a most interesting week for me. And... um, um so I'm trying to take this message today to clarify myself. Notice here, he says, now this this is concerning, this would, this would have to do, now we read this a moment ago, but this would have to do, as people come in from the outside, he says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Now look at verse 6. Well, in verse 5, he says, make the most of every opportunity, okay? And then in verse 6, let your conversation, we could say teaching there let your teaching always be full of grace, yet what? Seasoned with salt. So we can speak the word of God, we can do it with grace, but it must be seasoned with salt. See, what has happened in a lot of the secret, well, in in all the secret friendly churches that I know of, that the, the teaching is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lovely things or graceful things that are declared, but they've lost their seasoning of salt. And so people are just being told what they want to hear. I'm not going to do that here. I'm going to continue to keep the messages seasoned with salt. That's the only way it's going to do anybody any good, believer or non-believer. If a non-believer comes in here and I just tell them everything they want to hear, it's not going to affect anything in their life. And I still stand by what I said many years ago. I think this is original with me. I didn't hear anybody else say it. But I want an unbeliever, if they come in here, I want them to feel welcomed here. But I don't want them to feel comfortable until they come to Christ. I'm not changing that for anybody. You understand? But, but let's, if they're not saved, let's let the Word of God make them uncomfortable until they get saved, not me up here ranting and screaming at them. <laughs> I got 15 years to prove that doesn't work. That's all I'm saying. Is, is when an unbeliever comes in here, let's let the Word of God work on them. And, and let's, let's, let's make an unbeliever feel welcome. But let's, they're not going to feel comfortable. And let's let the Word of God work on them. And and, and, and and make them uncomfortable till they get saved. My ranting and raving and screaming isn't gonna, and that's what I'm, that's all I'm saying is I'm not gonna be a ranter and a raver and a screamer. I'm done with that. But I tell you what, if the anointing comes on me to preach, I'm gonna preach. Amen. Paul told Timothy to preach the word. I'll quit the ministry before I can't stand here and preach. Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Listen to what I'm saying now. Now, let me read my notes so I don't miss anything. A few people have been concerned that the teaching will become watered down in a week. No, that's right, my notes. No, I will continue to preach the gospel and teach the Bible and minister to the informed believer, but I'm opening my heart to outsiders as well. Now, let me, I think you'll find this interesting. Seeker-friendly churches, which is not what I'm doing here at Summit. But seeker-friendly churches typically... Oh, listen to this. This is so good. Listen. Seeker-friendly churches typically depart from the truth, which is the Word of God. They'll depart from the truth in the name of love to better minister to outsiders. Now, you know that's true. They'll depart from the truth. They'll depart from the word of God and they'll stop teaching the word of God because after all, they'll say if an if unbeliever comes in and we share the word of God with them, it might offend them and all of that. Listen, Spurgeon said this, to depart from the truth in the name of love is to betray Jesus with a kiss. And I refuse to betray Jesus with a kiss. I am not going to depart from the truth in the name of love. I'm not going to depart from the Word of God in the name of we've got to go out and reach people and, and win sinners. Well, how are you going to win them without the Word of God? All, and all I'm saying is my ranting and raving and going on, that's done no good. Let's, let, let's just teach the Word, preach the Word, and let's let the Word do the work. Amen? If you need your toes stepped on, I don't need to come down there and be ugly and step on them myself. Let's let the Word of God step on them. There was one person concerned that I wasn't going to be stepping on their toes anymore. Well, guess what? I'm not going to be stepping on your toes anymore. The Word of God will, if needed. But guess what? He'll turn right around and do what? Heal them. Amen, if you let him. All I'm trying to tell you is is just let's let God have his way. And let's let God do 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 a work here. Amen. But don't you like that Spurgeon? He was a minister of yesteryear and he said to to to, to depart from the truth in the name of love is to betray Jesus with a kiss. We're not going to do that. So the teaching isn't I mean you can see this morning the teach the teaching isn't isn't going to change. The only difference is, is I'm not going to probably rant and rave like a maniac. But if the preaching anointing falls on me, we're going to preach. Amen? Because that would be by the Holy Spirit, you see. Now, then, one other area. A few people, because I want to talk about, um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit inside the church when, when outsiders come in. So we've already seen when outsiders come in, we need to teach the Word of God with grace, seasoned with what? Salt. Alright, so, you know, do I want an unbeliever to feel welcome here? Yes. Do I want them to feel comfortable? No, not until they get saved. Am I going to be the one ranting and raving to try to get them saved, or are we going to let this Bible do it? Amen. Now, what about the gifts of the Spirit? Now look at 1 Corinthians 14.23. Go there. 1 Corinthians 14.23 in the New King James Version here. Now look at this. What about the gifts of the Spirit? Now before we even read anything, I want to tell you this. The Holy Spirit will never be put in the back room in this ministry. And the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is free to operate at any time He wants in these services. And and before I do otherwise, I've got a chain back in my office that fits on that door out there. Before I, before I refuse to let the Holy Spirit move, I'll put a chain on the door and we'll lock this place down. I'm not going to stop flowing with the Holy Ghost. Can anybody say amen? All I want to do here on this next part here is move this church more in line with the Holy Spirit, not away from Him. Now, 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 you all can read the Bible. You can. How many can read in here? Y'all can. Y'all read. You have your Bible in front of you. If you can, it's right there on the screen. And go home and check it out. If you forgot your Bible, don't even trust it if it's on the screen. Go get your own Bible and double check. Is that fair? <laughs> Now look at this. Verse twenty 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty three says, now, now look, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers. He says he's saying, If outsiders come in, if outsiders come in. If the whole church come together in one place, and you've got, you've got outsiders present in the services. Okay, And you're speaking with, tongue, speaking with tongues. Now, I'm all for speaking with tongues. Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. How, I've, been pray, I've prayed in tongues this morning all the way to church. How about you? I'm all for it. Paul also said, yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. He also said that. You can read that in this 14th chapter. But let's look at verse 23. He says, if you've got the church service going on and there's outsiders present, uninformed or unbelievers, you're speaking with tongues, they're going to say you're out of your mind. Now look at verse 24. But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he's convinced by all, convicted by all, And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Now that's pretty powerful. Now you see, my experience hasn't matched that. Here at this ministry for the last 15 years, my experience hasn't matched that. Don't you now let me ask you, you tell me, do you want if if this is what the word of God is saying and this is where we're at in our experience, do you want me to water the word down or do you want me to say, hey, guys, let's believe God and move on up? That's all I'm saying. Now, somebody says, why haven't I read these verses before? I've kind of skirted around them because I could say, can I be honest with you again? I could see that my experience didn't match that. So rather than have to face that, I just kind of avoided those scriptures. Will you forgive me? But how can we avoid these scriptures? Can you read? It says right here, look at verse 24. If all prophesy and an outsider, that's an unbeliever, uninformed person, comes in... What does it say? He's convinced by all, convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed. Falling down on his face, he'll worship God and report that God is truly among you. The question is can we have prof- Now listen, are you, say I'm listening if you are. Okay, now listen here. Can we have a prophecy in our services when outsiders are present on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night? Real loud, say yes. Absolutely. However, here's what I'm, here's, here's where we need to bring our experience up to match the Word of God. If there's a prophecy and there's an outsider present, what is the acid test that that prophecy was of the Lord? The acid test is, is that the outsider, the unbeliever, will want to come to the altar and get saved, not hit the door That's what the Bible says. I don't know why some people have trouble accepting what the Bible says. I think it's because maybe the camps that we've come out of have taught it a certain way, or haven't looked at these scriptures, and we have trouble accepting what the Bible. The Bible says that if the Holy Spirit moves and there's outsiders present, the result is that those outsiders are going to hit the altar and get saved, not the door, they're going to report that God is truly among you, not that these people are crazy. And my experience for 15 plus years, 25 years, when 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 these things have happened, I hate to admit it, I just admit it, when these things have happened, that hasn't been the case. People have ended up thinking I'm crazy. And they're hitting the door. It's hard to stand up here and say that my experience hasn't matched the Word of God. I want my experience to match the Word of God. Now, we've been very accurate and we have helped a whole lot of informed believers and we'll continue to do that. But, but the thing here, can you read, read verse 24? If all prophesy... And an unbeliever, uninformed person comes in. He's convinced by all, convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed. Falling down on his face, he'll worship God and report that God is truly among you. You see, that's what I want here. That's what I want here. Can can we have a prophecy on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night? Yes. But if there's an un see if 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 there's no outsiders present, the Bible's clear if there's no outsiders present, it's going to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. But if there's outsiders, if there's unbelievers here, the effect that it's going to have on them... Now, it may still bring edification, exhortation, and comfort, but the effect that it's going to have on them is it's going to cause them to want to get saved, not, how can I get out of this place? It's going to cause them to, to, to say, God is truly among these people, not, these are a bunch of stark rave nuts. You can read that, can't you? Now, as I said last week, due to our tradition, we tend, now, we tend to think that prophecy... What is prophecy? It's an inspired utterance. But we think it has to be packaged a certain way. You know, it could come forth during the teaching. There's been so many times over the years when I've been teaching, and then all of a sudden I got off my notes and I had an inspired utterance. And I began to talk about, about different things and whatnot. And people have been affected and have gotten saved out of that at times. But did you know that a prophecy doesn't have to come forth with somebody standing there saying, Thus saith the Lord. It could come right in the middle of a teaching. You understand that. Now, let me ask you this. Can we still have tongues on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever the Holy Ghost chooses? Yes, we can. But there again, as you study tongues with interpretation, tongues with interpretation equals what? Equals prophecy. Now, when you have the church gathered together, when you have the church gathered together and there's no outsiders present, tongues with interpretation equals prophecy, it's going to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Tongues with interpretation. But when you have outsiders present, I'm convinced, as I've been meditating this, that tongues with interpretation, which equals prophecy, again, what is the result that if it's the Holy Ghost movement, what's the result that it's going to have on an outsider or or an unbeliever? It's going to have the result that it causes them to want to get saved. Not hit the door crazy. Now you realize people are going to walk out on anything. How many of you know they'll walk out on Billy Graham? You know, just recently they, there was this Rock the River. Remember the Rock the River? And Billy Graham's organization was behind that. And there, there was people that were saying that that... I'm talking Christians. Save people now. Filled with the Spirit. They were saying that that whole thing was of the devil. But yet they got a lot of people saved. And Billy Graham was behind it. And I sent people down there to see if it was of the devil or not. We judged it was of the Lord. They they thought the Salvation Army was of the devil. You know, I'm just saying... But now the Salvation Army has changed a lot over the years. But folks, you know... All I want you to do is let's take a look at the Scripture. It's amazing to me how many people don't want to look at the Scripture. And what did the Bible say? Hey, let's have the gifts of the Spirit move. Let's have tongues. Let's have interpretation. Let's have prophecy. Let's have whatever. I want whatever God wants. How about you? I'm not changing in that. But what I am saying is that if there's outsiders present, what's the acid test? It's going to cause people to get saved. That's what the Bible says. You understand that? Now, one other thing, and then I'll close. Some misunderstand, and some have misunderstood. You know we're going to have these informed believers meetings. We're going to have four of them a year. Now I want you to listen, and I'll close. Now, some have misunderstood, and I can understand why you misunderstood, and I'm, 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 I'm compassionate. I, I just want to try to explain myself, because some have misunderstood, and maybe I just didn't do a good enough job explaining. But some misunderstood, and they think that we are not going to be ourselves on Sundays and Wednesdays anymore, but only during those four believers' meetings. And I'm trying to tell you here, we're going to be the same people all the time. The Holy Ghost can move any He wants. It's His church, not mine. But all I am saying is I want the experience of this church to come up and match the Word of God that if there's an unbeliever present and the Spirit of God moves, if we're really flowing with Him, it's going to affect that, that unbeliever and cause the secrets of their heart to be revealed and cause them to want to get saved, maybe even shake under the power of God and get saved... Not say these people are nuts and hit the door. If we're flowing with the Spirit of God. Let's bring our experience up. Let's believe God to bring our experience up to match that. Um, But, uh, you know, well, are we just going to be, you know, in those four services, that's the only time we're going to be ourselves? No, 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 no. No, we're going to be ourselves anytime the Holy Ghost wants to move. Can you say amen? Amen. Those are just some services that we're setting aside where there's just going to be believers present, where we're we're going going to flow according to the 26th verse. Notice the 26th verse of 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Let's go there. Notice that. It says, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, speaking as the church, informed believers. See, it's at that time that if somebody has a song, you can get up and sing it. If you have a teaching in line with the Word of God, you can, can get up and give it. See, it, it, maybe God's given you, maybe there's been a tongue on the inside of you that He wants you to give out and, and it just hasn't fit in one of the other services, that'd be a good time to give it. Or maybe God's revealed something to you, given you an interpretation to something, you see. That would be a time in those services where that's going to happen, you see. See, this morning, if you had a song in your heart to sing, the way this service flows on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, there's really not a place for that. But you see, when we have those believers' meetings, that's going to be a time for you to come. And if God's given you something, that's going to be a time for you. Maybe he's put a song in your heart to get up and sing in front of the congregation. Or to get up and give a teaching or something, you see. That's, that's, That's all those believers' meetings have anything to do with. You see, this morning, if you if you came with a ten minute sermonette, you, you don't have the you know you don't have the place here to, to share it. Well, that would be a good time to do it. Then you see, that's all I'm talking about. Now, um, some say that all church services should be the same with no distinction, and but let me say this. If that were the case, why does the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 give the church specific instructions of how to conduct itself while the whole church, when the whole church comes together and different instructions when the outsider comes in? We just read that, didn't we? He said, now when the whole church comes together, he's, now you read it right there in 1 Corinthians 14. When the whole church comes together, right, he gives instructions, and then he said if outsiders come in, then he gives these instructions. See, I haven't been sensitive to that part of it, or I haven't been considerate, is a better word, to that part of it. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, that "He read it. There's times the church is gathered together, and then there's times where outsiders come in. He gives specific instructions how to conduct yourself in each setting. Because some have said, well, all the services should be the same. Well, if that's the case, why did Paul give different instructions? Let me ask you this. This is on a very simple level. But if we had all sinners in here today, I wouldn't be be teaching this. I'd be teaching the salvation message. Now, in a lot of Baptist churches that I came out of, the one I came out of, they preach the salvation message every Sunday. And, and, And everybody's already saved. See, so there's time, there's times if you, if you, and there wasn't much spiritual growth going on there. So you see, if you've got all sinners present, or most, mostly sinners, we ought to have an evangelistic service. Right? Now, if everybody in here, most everybody was sick, then we ought to have a healing service. I mean, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God to have what He wants done. Now, near the end of His life, Brother Hagan, now, I'm a student of Brother Hagan, and, and, and I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, some people didn't like him, but I like him. You know, some people didn't like Jesus. I like him. Near the end of his life, Brother Hagan had what he called Holy Ghost meetings. Now, many years earlier, when he was a pastor, he called them believers' meetings when he pastored, like I'm pastoring. Now, I'm calling them in foreign believers' meetings. So I'm adding one word to Brother Hagin's, what he did. But it's interesting if you listen to the man teach. And by the way, I'm a student of Brother Hagin's. You know Brother Hagin's number one message was not the Holy Spirit. It wasn't even faith. It was love. And faith works by love. And it's interesting that, you know, sometimes you see students of Brother Hagin's. They get They get the, they get the uh, Holy Ghost message down or the faith message, but they missed the main message of the man that the man taught, and that was on love. How many of you know you can't be a gossiper and be a follower of Brother Hagin? You can't be a backbiter or talebearer or spread rumors and be a follower of Brother Hagins. He'd be ashamed of you, and so would God if you were a backbiter or a talebearer, huh? nonetheless. He called them believers' meetings. Now, in his church years ago, Sunday mornings, it was different than now, in his church on Sunday mornings, he had just the, just his church members, people who were informed believers, just those people were in attendance. And that is when, because I've heard the man say it personally, That was the time when his Sunday morning services, when there was all believers there, that was the time where he said himself, you'd have the tongues, the interpretation, the prophecy, you'd have people dancing in the spirit, you'd have sometimes people shaking under the power of God, running running under the power of God. You know, sometimes they'd just sit stone cold quiet. That was during his Sunday mornings is when those things happened, but it was that during those Sunday mornings when you had all the believers present, you see. And people who were informed. Now, in his Sunday night services, that's when he had a lot of visitors. And unsaved people, uninformed people came. Outsiders came. And he said that the Holy Spirit moved differently in those services. He he said that he preached typically an evangelistic message. And uh, he said, and this is what I found interesting, it lines right up with the Bible. He said that in those Sunday night services, when there was outsiders present, he said that, That when there was a prophecy or other gifts of the Spirit, it would lead those sinners to getting saved. That's just what the Bible says. Actually, I just read it the other day. He told a story of in one of those Sunday evening services when there was outsiders present, right at the end of the service, he pointed at a man and had a word of prophecy and told him the secrets of his heart and said, Sir, the Lord reveals to me that before you came here tonight, you told your wife such and such. And conviction fell on the man. See, what was Brother Hagin doing by the Spirit of God? He was revealing the secrets of someone's heart and see, they got saved out of that, you see. I'm saying, let's have the Holy Ghost move whenever he wants. But if there's unbelievers present, what's the acid test? They're gonna, there's going to be salvations take place. Okay? You all right? And uh, see years ago brother Hagan made it clear to us pastors that we shouldn't conduct all of our services like believers meetings. And I didn't listen to him, and that's how we've run this church for 15 years more or less, all just 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 thinking about the informed believers. And we're not going to stop thinking about you. We're going to still minister to you. But all the Lord is doing right now is He's enlarging my heart. And I just ask you a question, Summit Church. Will you let Him enlarge your heart with me? Let's all stand. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your goodness and mercy. I trust that the Word of God that went forth today will fall upon hearts that will listen to what was said and line it up with the Scripture. And hear just what it is the Spirit of God is saying. And oh, that if there be any blindness on anyone's heart, that the traditions of men are, you know, that, 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 that You would break those things down, that they, they could see that we're in line with the Word of God. And if we're not in line with the word of God, show it to me, Lord. I'll correct myself, but I've examined this in the light of your scripture. So we ask that you would deal with the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. Now, as the altar ministers come forward at this time, with everyone standing in the presence of a holy God, any altar workers that I have, if they would come forward at this time and stand and face the congregation. If you're here today, and maybe you've got problems in your life, Maybe there's things in your life that aren't going right. As you stand and face the congregation, please. Everyone standing facing the altar ministers are supposed to stand here and face the congregation, please. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's an excellent job. Maybe you're here today and you you got some trouble in your life. You're hurting. I tell you what. We have something that can help you. It's called the life of God. The Bible says that he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have the light of God for you. We have the life of God for you present here today to help you in any area that you need help in. And so if you've never experienced the life of God, if you've never repented of your sins and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed Him as your Lord, you need to do that before you leave here today. Because as you come, confessing your sin and repenting and turning from your old life and accepting Jesus, you'll run into the life of God. You'll run into the life of God and he'll give you a new life. He'll give you answers to your problems. He'll help you solve situations that you could never solve by yourself. And so I want to encourage you today that if you don't know Jesus as your savior, if you need the life of God, come and get in on that. And there's some even greater news on top of all of that, as wonderful as that is, that if you'll come and do that, one day when you die, you'll miss hell and you'll make heaven. And that's a wonderful thing. And so when we dismiss, if you need to come, you can come. And and these wonderful people here will be happy to minister to you. If you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit or you have some, some, some other prayer need, come on right ahead when we dismiss and we'll be up here to help you. Also today, and I'm normally not going to probably do this just as I'm led by the Spirit, but when I dismiss, I'm going to be up here in the front for just a few moments along with my altar workers. If you need healing in your body, you can come up here today as we dismiss and I'll be glad to lay my hands on you and pray with you, okay? Praise God forevermore. Well, say God is good and His mercy endures forever. Well, if you need to come, come now, otherwise you may be dismissed. God bless you all.